When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Superwomen, where we talk with amazing women who are shaping culture, changing the world, and lifting each other up along the way. I'm your host, Rebecca Minkoff, and today I'm here with one of my dearest friends in the whole world, the hilarious and inspiring Eden Grinspan. She's a TV host and the co-founder and chef of Des. Eden brings her personality and her love of food to literally everything she does. If you haven't checked her out on Instagram yet, please do that. She's at Eden Eats, and it's hilarious. Here's Eden on Superwomen. Superwomen is proud to have Prudential as its presenting sponsor. Prudential and wellness expert Alexandra Drain are traveling across America to learn more about our country's challenging financial landscape in a new project called The State of Us. To learn more about the financial challenges facing America, visit prudential.com forward slash state of us. And stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear more about this important project. It's funny because we call it, we gave it the handle in the Des, but it's technically Des. That makes me feel better because I was like, that's a mouthful. But yeah. then I was like confused. I know, because Des is everywhere, but everyone's like, at in the Des? Right. I knew it was going to be complicated, but I just kind of had no energy to, to, to like really change it. And I also thought it was cool, like, we're in the Des. And Des means it's short for desert. Right. So... Which, I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. people are like, what is Des? Des, Des is short for desert. Um, and it was really hard to think of a name. And one day it just kind of came out of nowhere. And Sam and I both agreed it was good. So we just stuck with that because coming up with the name of a business is hard. It's hard. It might be harder than naming your child. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what actually makes it easier is you're not like crazy hormonal when you have to do it. Yeah. Even though I think I was pregnant when I came, when we came up. So you had a double whammy. Double whams. You own a restaurant. You're a judge on very successful cooking shows. What's the... Well, I am, I am culinary trained. Right. I am. I went to Le Cordon Bleu. Um, You know, I, I feel like, I feel like things have definitely changed, especially now that the restaurant has opened, but, um... You know, after going to culinary school, I did a lot of traveling and uh, volunteering and and working in numerous kitchens, Uh, but I really jumped into television really quickly. Uh, But now that I've opened Des, and, you know, obviously um, I have created the entire menu, so that's my food that I put out there and designed. And what got you into cooking in the first place? Um, I fell in love with Food Network in high school, (laughs) and I watched hours and hours of Iron Chef America, sorry, no, traditional Iron Chef, like the original. The old school one. When they were, like, doing all the dubbing, like, that was my jam. Love the dubbing. I loved the dubbing, was everything. Um, Jamie Oliver, Ina Garten, like, all of these chefs, I, I was obsessed, and I started baking because I watched so many hours of it. And I was a really big troublemaker in high school and basically just befriended all my teachers so that they'd pass me instead of actually studying (laughs) to pass my grades. (laughs) And then when it came time for university, I was just like, you know what? I like to cook 
And my parents were super supportive. And actually, my dad was like, you should go to culinary school then in England, in London. And I was like, wow, you really want to get rid of me? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it was awesome. I was like, that sounds like a really good idea. And I ended up just going there. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so you opened your first restaurant. And I remember when we spoke, you were nervous about it. Like, would the food community accept you? You know, all these peers that are these chefs, these really famous people, what would they think? And I, how do you sort of work through those doubts? Oh, my God. First of all, thank God for Ido, my husband. Like, what that man has to go through with me (laughs) is, A, his wife, period, just like that. And also, like, starting a new project and putting myself out there in in a new role with something, you know, I've never, I've, I've worked in television and um, I've done so many other projects, but I've never actually created something that was tangible for people to actually like make a part of their life and be able to actually go there and, and enjoy um, like an experience. Uh, I, I, this is my, my first time and I am not going to lie. I was definitely intimidated. I eat out all the time. I know the food scene in New York City. It's insanely competitive and amazing and inspiring. Um, but I believed so much in the food that I was creating and the and the menu that I really wanted to put forward. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a fancy cook, but I love like bold flavors and for me it's all about the attention to detail and serving foods that are fresh and warm and vibrant and foods that make you feel good. Like I selfishly made a menu of food that I just wanted to eat every day. And I feel like a lot of people wanted to uh, eat like that as well, especially because right now Israeli food, especially, um, is having like such a moment. Uh, and I really, the new kale. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Israeli cuisine is the new kale. Um, but like everyone, just every time I told anyone I was opening a restaurant in Middle Eastern food, all they said to me was, "That's the only food I want to eat," or "That's the food I always crave," mm-hmm. because without being quote unquote healthy. It's so good for you, and it's so flavorful, and you get to kind of indulge without feeling guilty ever. Um, So I was nervous, but I just kind of kept saying to myself, like, the worst that can happen is it it just doesn't work out, and that's it. You move on, and you do another project, Um, but people have really been responding well and I'm like thrilled. It's it's been a really great experience. I always say in times of toughness they can't take my husband and they can't take my children. Exactly. And that's, and that's honestly the the, mm-hmm. the most important thing. Right. So those that's your core. Right. Um so it's obviously very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Is it? It's what? obviously very obvious that the culinary world is male dominated. And so as a woman, I'm curious to hear what you've run into or how you've navigated it, because you're a very strong woman, but I'm sure you've encountered things. Um, it's totally, it's, it's obvious, you know, it's working in an industrial kitchen is not like, like, you know, how we look at food just from like a personal, uh, uh, place of, you know, cooking at home and making your family like you know, a nice healthy dinner or uh, whatever, it's like aggressive, you know, the really long hours. Um, it's, uh, it's just kind of like hard on your body and it's physically demanding. Um, the shit that you need to literally carry across a kitchen, uh, like my back is kaput. 
Um, and a lot of the guys are, you know, I, I am the, I would never be like embarrassed to ask for help. I'm like, help me carry this massive pot of rice and boiling water. You know, it's like, there's a lot of opportunity for things to probably go wrong in a kitchen because there's so many crazy things always happening, especially like, you know, during service, like everyone's running around and trying to make things work and you have to be super clean and you have to be super fast and efficient. Um, so I, I feel like it was more of, I guess, an industry for men to, I guess, gravitate towards, but it is the, the climate has changed like significantly and you see so many more women in kitchens and women supporting women and uniting. Um, and I feel like that's kind of in so many obvious, like in every industry. Um, but it's, you know, it's. Slowly and surely, like, you know, we're getting more and more. But it's not like a crazy amount of women, uh, you know, in the kitchens. Um, and how do you find that camaraderie? Because you guys are all so busy working such crazy hours. Is there, like, I don't want to say support group, but, like, in, in fashion, like, there, we just find each other and it's at events that we're, like, bitching to each other <laughs> or whatever. Like, honestly, anytime I meet a female chef, even if, like, she's not nice to me, I'm like, go, girl. Because it is so hard. And uh, to see women succeed in this industry, it is so just inspiring. And um, and really, they're, you know, all, all these chefs that are doing it, they're like, they're the face for the next generation. And, and they're inspiring all these kids to continue. And, and you know, and more girls are coming. And um, I don't know, it's just cool. I don't know if that answered the question properly, but there's definitely more now than there was before. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's because people are more aware of like what's proper and what's not also in a work environment. Right. Because you, kitchens are on watch. like kitchens, like, you know, back in the day, if you read any of like Anthony Bourdain's books, like you heard, it was like crazy. Right. And it's just gross. Like there was a lot of just like weird people in the kitchen and there still are, you know, a lot of weirdos. Like I'm a weirdo. You're a good weirdo. <laughs> and I found my way there, but, um, but no, it's it's fun. I love being a part of a restaurant uh, environment. It's honestly like it takes a village. None of this can go out like on with by one person. You know, you need the front of the house staff to work well with the back of the house. You need the line cooks to show up and to you know put their best foot forwards. You need like the management to be on it, and everyone. You kind of feel like a family in the end, and it's really cool. I love that you show all that team, you know, like some people are just interested in showcasing themselves and you like on your social is like, I feel like I know these people and they work with you every day. I need like the, the, I partnered with the hospitality team E squared and they have brought forward all of the incredible talent that they have. And they have done such an exceptional job, honestly, like training everyone. And, um, and I've learned so much from them too. And I feel like you know, without, like, Cliff and Pooey, like, there. Pooey. Pooey. She's the best. She's, the, she's awesome. She's, I said to her, I'm like, it's because it's also her and, like, all these guys. I'm like, Pooey, so badass woman in the guys club. She's like, oh, yeah, they need me. And I'm like, of course. Like, and she's like, they always call me. They need this, this, and this. Like, she, it's just awesome. Like, she, it's they have a really great crew, and they're really just, like, making the whole business run. One of the things we say at Rebecca Makoff is behind every woman, there's another 
woman who has her back. And you've grown up with many strong women, your mom, your mm -hmm. sisters. Mm -hmm. So how has growing up with strong women sort of shaped you? You know, I think that my mom is super strong and she has achieved so much and she continues to just like actually blow my mind with the work that she does every day. And, um, and that was just kind of the norm in our household. You know, I never thought that, I, I never really thought about other moms not doing that. Like I just kind of thought that this was the way it was. Like she's always been like the matriarch and the strong one of our family. And and we all kind of grew up to be our own version of that, too. And yeah. it was just kind of a natural, it just naturally evolved that way. Um, because, as you said, like, my sisters and I are very loud and outspoken, and we're just kind of wild. So uh, we, we, always, <laughs> we always had to demand a room. Um, I guess it's in our genes. But, yeah, it just happened, I think, naturally. Sparkling water is a huge hit in my house. And so one of the things we love to have on hand at all times is LaCroix. My husband loves grapefruit. My favorite is definitely the pure and unflavored when I'm dying, thirsty, and need those bubbles. And my kids love trying all the new exciting flavors such as key lime, tangerine, mango, and apricot. Enjoy LaCroix Sparkling Water, a calorie sweetener and sodium innocent beverage with nothing artificial. Zero calories, zero sweeteners, zero sodium equals 100% innocent. It's all natural, environmentally friendly, and flavored with fruit essences. And guess what? It's gluten-free, vegan, and non-GMO. Make the switch to LaCroix Sparkling Water, a healthier alternative for you and your lifestyle. For more information, join the LaCroix community on social at LaCroix Water or check them out at LaCroixWater.com. L-A-C-R-O-I-X Water.com. When you're a chef, you have a certain skill set, but opening a restaurant requires an another whole skill set. Like, I remember you were deciding graphics and how are you marketing it and social. Like, how did you feel like that you had to add almost skill sets and talent or a multi, you know, multifaceted, just stuff you'd never done before? Well, when I came to um, East Squared, I got partnered up with Sam Haber, who is the creative director there, and she is so unbelievably good at what she does um, she's kind of the mastermind behind by Chloe and um, and what she does so well is kind of just creating such a solid brand and speaking to an audience that she understands and that audience is like you know I feel like her audience is like me <laughs> like um, I guess a millennial um, uh, working woman um, or or even college student for by Chloe yeah um, but I think that she, you know, she, she was the one because she's done this so many times. She opened Sosta. She, uh, you know, she knew exactly who to go to for branding. Uh, she had an idea of a designer. We met with several designers and decided together. Um, you know, I, I came to her with a, an idea and a, a kind of a mock-up menu. And she kind of took all of that and guided um, us together as a partnership forward um, to decide on, you know, the rest of Des. Because I really feel like together 
we really kind of pushed each other further than we thought we could go and we really like we really worked well together as a good partnership like i don't know everything just kind of we knew exactly what he, the other person wanted to do and we were on board That's it was kind it was great like it i can't believe how lucky i was that i got to partner with her like it was pretty wild so uh, I know that you're all over social media, mm-hmm. and your followers mm-hmm. love you. <laughs> um, because I dance for them in pumps. You dance for them in pumps, you cover your stomach in spaghetti and pizza, <laughs> and you entertain us with your humor. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'd love you to expand. But like you, ha- you seem to have no reservations when it comes to just sharing everything, which is refreshing. But do you ever have like the, ooh, could I do it? Oh my God. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, is there too much nipple in that picture? <laughs> like, the last thing I need is for like someone to be like, okay, there's a lot of nipple in my face, Eden. But that's happened. So I kind of just <laughs> also remind myself of that. And like, it started off with Ido and I just being ourselves. Like, I was really just, like, that pizza picture was what really kick-started this entire thing. Yeah. We were watching in the Oscars, and I was pregnant. I think I was, like, seven months pregnant or something. And I'm like, oh, a pizza. And he was like, uh, okay. Um, and before we started eating it, I'm like, take a picture of this. And in the picture, I'm lying on my couch, and there's, I think, three pieces of pizza on my belly. And then a piece of pizza in each of my hands, eating it and just lying like a boss on the couch. Yes. And then I posted it. And 30 minutes into the Oscars, I was like, what is happening? Because when I've never gone viral before. But when your picture goes viral, it's like like Shay Mitchell's like, yes, girl. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, who? I don't. She doesn't know who I am. Like, what's happening? And then um, because we got such great, you know, response, we kind of sat down and talked about what it was about that picture that everyone really liked. And what it really came down to is like, you know, when everyone gets pregnant, it's like such a sweet, caring moment. Instagram is so full of a lot of that kind of, you know, not necessarily real moments. And because I was just kind of like playing around with it and not taking myself too seriously, as you said, people were like, what? Whoa, this is different. And so we started playing around with that, and um, and then, you know, I did a bunch of, like, the Daily Mail reached out, and Ellen, and, like, Cosmo, and Glamour, and it was, like, totally mashug. And then there was kind you of... say what mashug means. Mashug is, like, crazy in Yiddish, <laughs> mashugana. Um, obviously, it was great. And then, you know, it just evolved from there, and I, and I, it kind of gave me freedom, to be honest, because... I feel like that picture and and all those kinds of funny, quirky things are very true to who I am. And I think also that translated. Um, And then when women started coming up to me and telling me that, like, by breastfeeding in public, it really gave them the freedom to breastfeed in public because they were embarrassed or they were ashamed. Like, that's when I was like, oh, my God, there's really a greater meaning to all of this. And it's kind of just like it's tough for women. It's tough for women. It's tough to, you know, have a child and then become a mother and like, like within seconds. And then you just have to like become a, be a mother and be a great mom, kind of the pressure you put on yourself. And like, 
you know, um, the insecurities that you feel as a new parent and then also like the breastfeeding, which is so hard and no one talks about. It just really opened up a, a bigger dialogue, um, which I'm super grateful for. And I feel like a lot of like my followers are women with children and we kind of like, you know, bond with each other over these like milestones and these really funny moments that in the moment you're like crapping your pants because you're stressed out and you're like, what's going on? But then you look back, you're like, that's hilarious. And we're all covered in, I don't know, poop. All the time. All the time. Yeah. My daughter won't stop like touching it when I change her. I'm like, help me. This is such a new great phase. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Speaking of children, there was concern on your end about having a baby and would it kill your career or would it halter it or set you back? And then you had this beautiful babe and I feel like it's blossomed for you. But what was that moment where you said, okay, just, okay, here we go. I was def- I definitely felt that way for a, w- a long time. Um, I actually had a chemical pregnancy a year before I got pregnant with Ave. And obvious, it's chemical pregnancy is like early, early, early days miscarriage where like, if I wouldn't have taken a test, I probably wouldn't have known I was pregnant. Uh, But I took it because my friend was pregnant and I didn't get my period and we were taking, she was taking all these tests. Like she literally found out like while while I was with her and then I was (laughs) pregnant and I was like, no, like there's absolutely no way that I'm pregnant. And then it was like this honest to God, like crazy experience that I went through like, in, in the span of, like, seven hours. I found out I was, like, freaking out. Then I was kind of upset because I thought I was going to plan this better. And I was like, I'm not ready. My career, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, wait a minute. I can do this. This is great. I'm married. I'm like, I can have a baby now. I'm, like, of age and I'm married. And this is fine. It's like, honest to God, the emotional roller coaster I went through, it was wild. And then we went for dinner and I'm like, I'm not drinking I'm pregnant. Like, you know, I had this whole thing, and then I woke up and got my period. Ah. Uh, so I think what happened, um, like, just taking that test and having to go through that and actually in the end say to myself, okay, I'm pregnant, let's do this, it kind of gave me that, okay, like, I think I'm ready to do this. Like, it gave me that, like, you know, uh, feeling of that being, um, you know, my next step in life. And then, like, by the end of the night, I was like, wait a minute, I want this. Like, I was sad when I got my period because I kind of convinced myself um, that this was what's happening. Um, We didn't get pregnant right away. Uh, I didn't want to try right away. But we got pregnant within the year. And it's amazing how I feel like, you know, I was so focused on my career being one way and getting pregnant and going through this whole social media thing kind of opened my eyes to show me that, like, Maybe the way I was going wasn't even the right way for me. Maybe, like, being a certain TV host or um, focusing on these specific things, maybe that, you know what, maybe that wasn't even the right thing because clearly this is, this is actually better and this is calling my name and I want to move forward in that direction. And, uh, like, being a mother and, and having Ave and um, it's opened up so many doors for me and I feel like it's such a relatable and awesome audience for me to be a part of now. Um, so I think it's been great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) There's so many moms out there. 
like we're like we're all moms you know or like we have a mom or like our friends are moms like it's part of us as human beings yeah totally um so there was a lot to talk about there's a lot to talk about i could talk about it all day i know me too we always talk about it i know i know it's like our number one topic (laughs) before i had abe all i talked about is like what does it feel like to be pregnant tell me about labor (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but, like, I remember before I got pregnant, like, all I used to do was just, like, pick your brain and talk to you about it, like, all the time. It's my second job. Yeah. So one thing I ask all my guests is one thing people would be surprised to know about you, and I'll share with you in case it opens up some inspiration. Um, but when I went to my little Jewish camp in Three Rivers, Michigan, um, I didn't want to be a camp counselor when it got to be time. I wanted to work in the kitchen. So I was working in the kitchen, cooking meals for 160 people with me, one other gentleman, and a grumpy old man. And this That's, old man mm-hmm. was extraordinarily cheap and didn't want to waste food. So the goal each week was how many meals can we get from one meal? So our count was one time we made seven meals from the same repurposed leftovers. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that <laughs> it's about cool and you. It's kind of gross, but... <laughs> it makes me, like, think about all of my camp meals right now, because they probably did that at every camp. <laughs> like, I was like, lasagna's going to become chili. <laughs> oh, my God, for sure. Which can become oh, yeah. pizza sauce, which can then be used for taco night. But, we did this. Okay, but wait. Now, do you not use that kind of stuff on your family? No, 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 oh, no, no. I wish they were going to be like... This lasagna can be taught. Why don't we do sloppy joes with this leftover <laughs> lasagna? Maybe there's something there, Becky. Maybe there's a new restaurant idea called Leftovers. Oh my God. <laughs> you and I are the only people there. We're like sloppy joes. <laughs> um, hmm, this is a good question. <sighs> what do people not know? I grew up dancing. I don't know. I didn't even Did you know that. that. I grew no. up dancing. What kind of dance? Um, well, I used to. I took. I used to take a lot of dance. I was. Uh, I studied at this school called Roland and Romaine. Actually, my best friend's mother owns it. It was her grandmother's, and now it's her mom's. And we. Um, I studied tap, ballroom, ballet, jazz, hip hop, musical theater. Um, hip hop was my favorite, but I also love musical theater. I guess my biggest dream, honestly, when I was younger, was to be a backup dancer. Nice. Like, I want, like, I so badly wanted to, like, go on tour with Backstreet Boys or, like, NSYNC. Totally. Or maybe even Britney Spears. Yes. Like, that was my goal for a while. And I was really okay with that I want to see you dance now. Oh, my God. I don't know what happened. I gave birth and I... You lose your ability to dance. I actually feel like (laughs) I have no rhythm and I'm tone deaf. And she also ruined my teeth, and I look and look at my adult acne. What the? It's like cystic <laughs> acne. I can't look crazy. anyone in the eye right now. You're crazy. But it's true. It's not true. But I did lose my rhythm, so I'll, maybe I'll find an old video of myself where you're going to be like, whoa. And I'll yes. be like, yeah, Back I once had Eden. rhythm. Backup dancer. I was never actually really that good, but I thought I was. Because everyone was like. Because it matters. Yeah. So, but it was fun. So my last question, uh, and partly why I'm doing this podcast, is I want women to come away with some great advice. So any advice that you have that they could take with them and apply today? I don't think we're, we're necessarily, like, uh, built this way as women. 
um, because I think it's really easy for women to be catty and to not be inclusive. Like it starts kind of from a young age, you know, when you're kids. But I really feel like that's something that we should all try and like shake off and just like be so be like be good to each other. Like I honestly feel like we're so much stronger when we have the support of a peer that you know we look up to or. Um, even, you know, we're just friends with or even just a stranger. Like, it really means a lot to me to have female friends that, um, you know, encourage me and support me because that's, that's special. And I think that it should happen more. Agreed. Eden, thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That was Eden Grinspan, TV host and co-founder chef of Des. Follow Eden's adventures on Instagram at Eden Eats or catch her on cooking channel Sugar Showdown, Donut Showroom, and Food Network's Chopped Canada. Also, if you're in New York City, please go eat at her restaurant, Des. It's incredible. Thanks for listening to Superwomen. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in next week. Superwomen is brought to you by Prudential, promoting their new project, The State of Us. Today, less than half of us believe we're on track to meet our financial goals. America is changing, and with it, the financial challenges we face. That's why Prudential has partnered with wellness expert Alexandra Drain. They're traveling across the country, talking to real people in a project called The State of Us. From the town with the longest lifespan to the town with the highest birth rate to the smallest town in America. Their goal is to uncover challenges getting in the way of financial wellness. Because even though our challenges may seem overwhelming, Prudential believes there's a path forward for everyone. To learn more about the financial challenges facing America, visit prudential.com forward slash state of us.